1: Today on the podcast, we are bringing back Cindy Spiegel. She is a Brooklyn-based small business consultant, coach, and TEDx speaker. She's the founder of The Collective of Us, a small business accelerator for women, and the community of us, an online hub for conversation and change-making community.
0: Today on the show, we are talking all about creating real relationships and what it means to... Have friendships and power other women, and what is really embracing this community aspect without being super? I don't know. You just have to listen to the episode. Think about it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So we're releasing shame. She's giving us four really important, tangible steps to analyze how we're treating other women, either in our industry, friendships, all of that. And I may give a little. Weird shout out to The Bachelor. So you'll just have to (laughs) Yeah,
1: you definitely want to give this one a listen. And just as a fair warning, our podcast is marked as explicit. So I know you're used to the random curse words here and there. But if you know anything about Cindy, this one, this girl, (laughs) as she lovingly refers to it in the podcast, that girl has a mouth on her. So just as a fair warning, if you need to put headphones in around little ones, or if you don't give a shit like we don't, then there's your pre-warning. All right. Hello, Cindy Spiegel. Welcome to the show again.
2: I am so excited to be here. After being here for episode number 17, we are now what episode?
1: 181.
2: 181, and I'm back again. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, guys.
1: That's bananas. I don't understand how much time has passed in between. Mm-hmm. I don't understand time anymore, so it's fine. Yeah. But today is going to be super exciting. I think just like last time and just like the conversations that Cindy is so good at bringing up and having on Instagram and inside her community, this one might hurt a little bit to hear and to have. But I truly believe that those initially those conversations might suck and they're painful sometimes. I really truly believe that they're still good to have and that they, they can kind of spark some conversations inside our community or just some thoughts for you all. So... Today, we're talking about our idea and the shift, especially in the creative community and the entrepreneurial women's space that we are so fucking supportive of everyone and that we are just loving everyone and we are empowering everyone when in reality... I think, and I know that you think this, Cindy, it's all a little bullshitty.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot bullshitty. I think that we are, it's 2018, right? We're changing the narrative around the terms feminism, around what it means to support other women. We're even changing the narrative around the word, or the term rather, women's empowerment. But beneath that, to me, is this sort Mm -hmm. of underlying thing that nobody's talking about. And that is the reality that So much of this is really amazing for social media, hashtag collaboration, hashtag community over competition or whatever they are. But the reality is that we are ourselves and the women around us not always being so supportive of other women, even as we tout that and post it on social media.
0: Well, I think one of the things you brought up recently was that you started to lose friends over it and lose friends over your own success. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. that Emily and I have struggled with is that as we grow and like pour into ourselves, that we lose people along the way, either through jealousy or they, they just don't feel like they're able to connect with us anymore. So talk to me a little bit about how that's affected you and your business and what people should be doing instead.
2: Yeah, it hasn't affected my business, truthfully, but I think the issue is more personal than just my business, right? It becomes, well, we used to be able to connect on this, but yeah. now we can and now you've become more secretive and maybe I've become more secretive too. I don't really know. And so that just brings me to this point, which is this, I'm not talking about this topic with you guys because I'm immune to it, right? I'm not, I'm not having this conversation from a place of knowing everything. I'm having this conversation and I think we all are from a place of mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. done it And experienced Mm -hmm. it, right? Like, this is not about, well, I don't do this Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't. That's bullshit.
1: Oh, I could name some very clear examples of when I've done this. (laughs) Yeah. And so part of that is like having the
2: honest conversation. And in my own life, you know, the way it has really manifested itself is I've seen as my own business has grown, there are folks that used to be really, really open with information. I don't care if it's something as simple as, what program do you use for so and so? And it wouldn't be an issue. It's like, well, yeah, know all my secrets. They're not even secrets. I'm going to get back to you later. I don't know if I should share that. Just a lot more guarded as if you were to give me information, I could somehow go waste like so far with that information that you wouldn't exist anymore. It's such an envious, hate it. jealousy. This, it mm-hmm. stems from, from not a great mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And I know that and I can see it. And so it certainly impacted personal relationships. But with that said, you know, Abby, I think we are not, the people who are your friends will not behave that way. So as much as I say, I've seen friendships sort mm-hmm. of shift. I don't know that they were ever really friendships as sure. much as sure. acquaintances, like business acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And I think there's certainly a level of ebb and flow, right? You start off, as we're starting off our businesses, and I think we all started around the same time doing this, I think, you know, there are going to be relationships that come and go. Some you're still aligned with and other ones, you just, they fall away. That's normal. What I'm talking about is a lot more pointed than that and a lot more directive than that, that comes from a place of envy, of jealousy, of it's not not wanting to see other women Mm -hmm. thrive, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily see them thrive at your expense. Sure. Right. Well, what you feel is though, is at your Is if, if I know that information, I'm going to mm-hmm. be more successful than you.
1: Well, and even hearing you say that, like that they responded with, no, I'm going to hold on to that information or I'm not, I'm, I'll get back to you on that. It makes me feel so icky. And it is the like, yeah. the one foundation we laid at the very beginning of our business of being an open book forever mm-hmm. and always, no matter what. But what I find I interesting and this is in the space that we're in right now is anyone could ask me at any given time. And, and we say this enough where I, f- I hope that our audience and, and everyone else truly mm-hmm. believes this, like ask us what program we're using, ask us how much money we made, ask us how much money we spent, ask us our miss like literally whatever, anything of mm-hmm. that is on the table. But our business right now is in a place where we're doing a lot of pivots and some stuff is kind of working in the background that's not like done yet, mm-hmm. or it's not like, been figured out yet, or it's not been dealt with yet. And there are stages where people have been asking a little bit about like, hey, what's going on with that? And I'm waiting to share so I have more data. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, crap!" am I like waiting to share because I I want this, this mistake to be like done being figured out and not share the process of the mistake? Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm like, even as you're bringing some of the stuff up, I'm like, "Crap!" have I been hiding some of the things that we're working on over here? out of this weird, like, I don't want them to see that we didn't Mm -hmm. do this right. Mm -hmm.
2: I think that's a very different thing, right? I think you're entitled to, I mean, you're entitled to do whatever the fuck you want, but you're (laughs) certainly (laughs) entitled to not want to share information until you figured it out in your head, you know, until you have Mm -hmm. fully Mm -hmm. grasped it. I don't think that that is in and of itself Mm -hmm. an issue. Right? I think we've all done that. I don't want to tell you the thing I'm working on because I haven't figured it out yet. You know, and yeah. sometimes we're not in a place to want to receive people's feedback. Yes. And the second you put something out into the world, yes. you're asking for feedback whether you're asking or not that's exactly. So it. I
0: think that's that's
2: yeah. not necessarily an issue what you're saying. I think that's acceptable. Like that's just you being a smart businesswoman. You want to think it through before you share it out. That's fine.
0: But on the contrasting side, if you notice that you are holding back because you're afraid of how someone will use the information, like Mm -hmm. what is it that we need to be noticing about our own behavior in order to prevent going down this rabbit hole of being a shithead (laughs) to other people?
2: Use that word enough. I have to say, shit hat's a good word. I like asshole, I like but that. shit hat's really good. <sighs>
0: you know, so so
2: one thing I want to say before I get into that answer is again, I'm not referring to you not withholding information. You can withhold whatever the fuck you want, right? Like you are entitled to that. That doesn't mean you're envious or jealous, right? Withholding information is it's a symptom, but it's not in and of itself the issue, right? Mm-hmm. You are you are welcome to do that, mm-hmm. and you are entitled to that, right? You deserve that. But when you find that this is fairly open information that you're just not willing to share, I think one of the most important things that we can do as women is ask ourselves why, right? So Abby, you email me and you're like, Cindy, what's that great thing? P.S. They would never, these gals would never email me and ask me about my systems. However, you email me, you ask me about my system. And I, instead of responding back and saying yes or no or whatever it is, I actually consciously think about it why do I not feel comfortable sharing this information with her? Mm-hmm. That consciousness, I know I talk about it a lot and it seems cliche, but there's a lot to be said for when we stop going on autopilot, right? And mm-hmm. and just gut reacting yes. and actually thinking it through first and saying, okay, mm-hmm. what is it about this that's making me uncomfortable? Is it because mm-hmm. I really don't want to give her the information because I think she's a bit of an asshole? In which case, rock on, don't give it to her. Or is it because I'm worried about, what she's going to do with it and how that's going to affect me. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. No, for
0: sure. Mm -hmm. I think one thing I've noticed recently, and it was really hard to discover this was things happen like facts, like life happens. All this stuff happens in our life. Okay. That's a fact. But then we tell Mm -hmm. stories to ourselves about the Mm -hmm. things that happen. And Oftentimes, those are not based in fact yeah. at all, and they are just how we're mm-hmm. perceiving the world yeah. that's happening to us. And I mean, we do this all the time in our relationships. Like the other night, my husband, God forbid, didn't want to go with me to this event. And I was like, yeah. he doesn't love me. He's not supportive. Blah, blah. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's just this giant mm-hmm. story we're telling ourselves. And so I think this sort of feeds into this mentality of oftentimes, regardless of how, what you think about the other person, you illustrate these stories that are so convoluted and complex that it's like, why are we even bothering with this, this storytelling in our head when it's really unimportant?
2: Yeah, because we're human. Like, sister, that is not a thing we're going to get through on this podcast is why we're telling ourselves stories. Like, that is a lifelong, uh, like, argument, right? Like, we are, that's just what we do. We have thoughts and judgments. I remember Mm -hmm. when I did one of my yoga teacher trainings years ago, one of the most critical things that I remember was this. I I live in New York City, which you guys know. You know, we have a fair amount of homeless people, and sometimes they talk to themselves. And I remember Alan, my teacher, saying this. He's like, we often look at people who are talking to themselves in judgment, and we say they're crazy, they're this, they're that, and we have all of these thoughts and ideas around them. In the rea- in reality, they're probably a lot less quote like air quotes crazy than we are. We're just doing it in our heads, <laughs> right? They're just publicly putting it on display, mm-hmm. but they're doing the same thing we do all the time, which is mm-hmm. telling ourselves stories, mm-hmm. right? We just kind of hide it inside of our heads until it want to mm-hmm. like bust, until it wants to bust free. Mm-hmm. But it's we're human. That's not going to change. It's the stories that we tell ourselves and being conscious enough to catch them when they're not serving up.
1: So talk to me about what it means... To and I think part of most of this conversation is going to be more about busting the myths of what we think it means to support other women yeah. and actually empower other women.
2: Yeah. So that's such a great question because you know again we're hearing about it so much on social media and in the media in general, which is women supporting women. What does that mean? That doesn't mean. First, I want to talk to you about what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean yeah. that you love every woman because you're mm-hmm. a, a possibly a feminist, right? Doesn't mean that, right? There are lots of women that I'm like eh, I could do without them. I'm not. I'm not into yep. them for whatever reason, right? Yep. It doesn't mean that you love every woman. It doesn't mean that you have to want to see every woman thrive. Mm-hmm. I will caveat that by saying, in general, as a human being, ideally, you want to not wish harm on people, right? <laughs> with that said, you don't have to want to be rah 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 supportive of everybody because they're a woman. A woman, you don't yeah. have to hire all women on their team. You know, on your team because. You're a woman, and that's how you support them. You don't have to do anything that you wouldn't do generally, right? Like, don't lose your beliefs because somebody's a woman. With that said, when it comes to supporting other women, sometimes it's not the obvious, right? Sometimes it's not hiring only men. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know what? Let me help you. Let me give you that information because I can see that you you are struggling with this. Let me help you. So sometimes it's, it's as simple as a conversation or feedback or answering the question when you get an email from somebody you don't know that says, hey, what do you think of this? Answer the fucking question, mm-hmm. right? And I know I've been guilty yeah. of this. I get emails from strangers who feel like we know each other from social media. And they're like, oh, could you tell me about so-and-so? And I'm like, I ain't got no a time I for this. Can yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, I think I've talked enough about saying no to that, that people don't ask that. But they'll yes. ask me other questions. Yes. And there are times where I'm just like, yeah, I don't have time right. to respond to this right now. And part of this is saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to make time to respond to this because I actually do give a shit. And when yeah. I needed somebody to answer that question, somebody was generous enough to do it. Yes. Right? So part yes. of supporting women, truly supporting them is is not asking yourself what's in it for you before you respond to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just mm-hmm. willingly mm-hmm. being open about your experience being willing to help other people when you can. And again, the caveat here is this is not, you have to have boundaries with all of this. Meaning helping other women doesn't mean putting yourself at risk of illness or anything else, or not having any free time for your friends and family. It means doing the best that you can to not be an asshole. And that's the simplest way that I can put that, right? Like do the best you can to not suck.
1: That's pretty supportive. (laughs) One of the yeah, a tangible piece for that. What I've started to do, I, I mean, maybe without noticing it or being intentional about it, but we get a shit ton of questions. How do I do this? Where is this? What do you think on this? Feedback on this, and Mm -hmm. ninety nine percent of it, we don't have time to respond to, or we've responded to that by a podcast episode or by a blog post. So I'm going to send you that way. I'm going to send you that way. But what I've been noticing is that Mm -hmm. some of my online internet friends, as I like to call them have like they'll ask about like Mm -hmm. you know what's your experience on this platform or do you have an opinion on this one and i don't have the time to type out the whole long answer because it's generally not a oh my god yeah we love them there's like all of these like pro con lists that i want to you know go through with them so i use voxer for this you guys know we love voxer it's a walkie talkie app i can literally be driving and just hit the button and voice memo my thoughts on that thing that question copy that link, send it to them, you know, Facebook Messenger, text, whatever. And it's like my whole brain dump on that question. And they can do with it what they want to do with it. But I'm like, okay, I have time because I'm driving anyways, or I'm unloading the dishwasher anyways. or So it's like that multitasking thing that Mm -hmm. you don't have to really focus on it. You're just kind of brain dumping that I have Mm -hmm. found really helpful. I'm like, if I try to do that like once or twice a week, I feel really good about myself.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're doing the best you can, right? Yeah. And another that's thing, what I can do. Another thing that you guys like I know have talked about is just canned responses. If somebody's constantly yes. asking you the same thing, put it in a canned response and send it off.
0: Yep. Yeah. So specifically on the like helping mm-hmm. other people, I think the word empower comes up for me frequently. And to me, it's a really strong word that I feel like a is overused, but B like What does that really mean? And I know part of the reason I bring it up is I know your mission is to empower 100,000 women to build bold businesses and conversations by 2020. And so specifically... Well said. (laughs) empower jumps out to me. And so what does empowering Mm. mean to you? And how can we strive to do more of that?
2: Mm -hmm. Super. I'm such a good question.
0: Empower means
2: to me, I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you know how to do it for yourself. I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to pull together the right people. I'm going to do whatever I can but I'm not going to actually execute on it for you, right? If you want to have an amazing business, I'm going to give you all the tools within my own wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. obviously within what I know. I'm going to give that all to you. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to connect you with the people that you need to be connected to to make it happen, but I am not going to do the work. I'm not going to have the difficult conversation. I obviously have plenty of them, but you have to be willing to do it. And empowering to me is really about setting the stage for other people to do their best work. And you don't need to be a coach to do that. You just need to be a human being to do that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and the more we can truly live out the mission that we want to empower others, the more likely we are to do that.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, and seriously, guys, get bit by that empowering bug and mm-hmm. you will want to continue to do that because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're only doing it to make yourself feel better, yeah. sometimes those are the only reasons why you need to get started by building a habit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. The feeling that it gives when you're truly just like, here you go, like yeah. go off to the races with whatever it is that I give you. Yep. Like it feels really good.
2: Yeah, it feels good. Right. And, and to your point, like maybe that's not necessarily why you want to do something, but it's certainly a great place to start from. Eventually exactly. you'll want to do it anyway, regardless of what exactly. you get in return, whether it's an oxytocin hit from doing a good deed <laughs> or whatever it is. But that's certainly a good place to start, right? Buy yes. a, a simple thing that I, it's funny, I always get questioned when I do this. If I'm sitting alone at a lunch counter, I'll buy the person next to me their lunch. And then it's really not a big deal. Right. And I make sure it's not too fancy of a restaurant. So it's usually like $10 (laughs) or 15, like it's not a lot of money, but it's kind of, it's those random acts of kindness that we've heard about all, you know, we've continuously hear more and more about, which is amazing, but it's do something small. You don't need to go crazy to, to empower someone, but you know, the woman that I buy lunch for at the lunch counter is going to want to do something positive. The second she walks away from that encounter. Right. So do what you can with whatever is in your reach. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops. You can do something quietly and it will
1: spread. Absolutely. So talk to me about, you said that you had some tangible steps that people could be implementing or taking to know better, do better in this realm. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that.
2: Well, before I do that, I want to just quickly mention this. There is a lot of shame around this topic. And I think we have to acknowledge that first and foremost. The reason we're not talking about how we treat other women or how we feel about other women is because we're ashamed of it. And if we're not willing to go down that road first, all of the tangible Tangible steps I'm going to give you are not going to matter. Right. And so the yeah. one thing I want anyone who's listening to know is that this behavior is not our fault. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that I say that to you, meaning there are so many ways that we have gotten to where we are right now. One of them is truly how we're socialized in this country. Boys and girls are socialized differently mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into a whole tangent on that but you can watch my TEDx when it comes out. <laughs> the other thing is unconscious gender bias, right? Like we expect when to behave a certain way and when they don't behave that way, we don't want to yeah. we don't want to help them. We don't like them, yeah. right? So that's another very real Thing that exists, and then there's the tall poppy syndrome, which is not something we talk a lot about in this country. But it's it's that place where when a poppy gets too tall, it gets cut down. We do that to other women, right? They're too successful, oh. so we want to chop them down. And then something I also spend a lot of time talking about is the imposter syndrome. When we feel fraudulent ourselves, we then put that onto other people. We project that, and so it's important to me that I talk to you about all of those things first before we get into how you can fix it. Because to me, if you can just yeah understand that unconscious gender bias is not your fault. How you were socialized is not your fault. The fact that you were not necessarily allowed to be competitive or to stand in your own self as a child is not your fault. All of those things have led us to this place, right? And so a lot, like, give yourself a break. Let go of the shame mm-hmm. that you feel about it. Let go of the guilt that you feel about not mm-hmm. wanting to help another woman. Like get get over it because we've all been there. I'm still there. We're all still there. This is just yeah. about trying to yeah. do better and releasing some of that shame by acknowledging at the very least that it's not your fault. It's not all your fault, I should say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool.
2: <laughs> You're there. You're with me. Cool. Thank We're you there. for letting me run on that tangent. That was very important. Yes. That. I love it.
1: I could talk about that all day.
2: So from a tangible perspective, the very first thing is to, I call it the four R's, right? The very first thing is to recognize your thoughts and feelings. And that's that consciousness, right? And I know it sounds really hippie woo, but you have to start to look at really be able to have some perspective with the things that you're feeling. And again, when somebody asks you for something, question why you don't want to give it to them. If you don't question why that certain person makes you feel the way they do. Is it because they've really actually done anything wrong or because they're really attractive and that makes you uncomfortable or they're really successful Mm -hmm. and that makes you uncomfortable, right? So those feelings of distrust, of jealousy, of envy, they lose a lot of power when you understand where they're coming from. So the first thing Mm -hmm. is about recognizing it and then redirecting those feelings, right? So instead of saying, I hate this woman because, realize that that's your shit and not theirs. There's a quote Mm -hmm. by Brene Brown. I'm going to actually just read it because I think it's incredibly powerful. Did you guys read Braving the Wilderness? Not yet. No, We should. We read it last month in the community of us. But I know I've highlighted this quote and I want to read it to you guys. She talks about people are hard to hate close up. Mm. Right. And so what that means when I say redirect those feelings is if you can actually recognize that the person in and of herself has not done anything to you and direct those feelings where they actually are, which means it's your shit. You can't dislike a person when you actually get to know them. Right. Which brings me to my third R, which is reaching out. It's surrounding yourself with women who are not like you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the more we can do that, the more we really move in. As Brene Brown, I quote mm-hmm. Brene Brown a lot because it's this idea of being hard to hate close up. The reason we're able to, to dislike that woman on social media is because we don't know her. We've never had a conversation yeah. with her. The reason we can judge and dislike that woman who walks in who's scantily clad in a miniskirt, but actually looks kind of amazing is because we don't mm-hmm. know her. She's not our friend. Yeah. But the second you move in and you build community and you reach out to people who are different than you, You feel a lot less separate. And when you feel less separate, Mm -hmm. it's much more likely that you won't be in a position to dislike people. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, when it's not based on anything factual. Listen, and like I said, and I like to remind us, dislike whoever you want, as long as you have a a real reason to do so. Sure. Right? But not because it's all of (laughs) your shit creeping in. And the last R is reflect, right? So it's recognize, redirect, reach out, and reflect. And the reflect is come back to your why. Reflect on what your deepest values are, because the more you stay connected to that, one of my values is not being an asshole. Sometimes I'm still an asshole, mm. right? But when I can come back mm-hmm. to that and, and really start to reflect on it, it allows me come, to come back to a place of balance, And I know that Mm -hmm. that's not all Mm -hmm. very tangible in the sense of like, you know, use a canned response, but it's very much about what's on the inside when it comes to how we treat other people. There's not tech that's going to do this for you. This is about you actually doing the work, recognizing what you're feeling, redirecting those feelings to the place that they deserve to be centered, which is often not on the other person, in this case, not on the other woman. Mm -hmm. Reach out and build honest community of folks that are different than you, because when people are different you don't feel um, as separate. And when you don't feel as separate, you're less likely to to judge or dislike them unless you have a real reason. And finally, reflect. I love it.
0: Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. For yes. me. Okay, so guilty. I decided to watch The Bachelor Ooh, this season. Judging, so hard right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the women, I'm not going to name names because I'm not uh-huh. going to be that woman. It's fine. Uh, 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 one of the women uh-huh. is mm. crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know any other word around it. And I don't know what possessed me, but I decided I had to follow her on Instagram. Mm, hmm. And every time I watch her, I get the, these weird feelings come up for me. Like, oh, why is she so odd? And like, like, I'm constantly <laughs> judging this woman that I know nothing about other than her appearance yeah. on television and how she appears <laughs> on social media. And I'm like, why did I even feel called to follow her and then constantly just make fun of her? Literally on my own, in my own head. And then, like, what is that even about? And then I thought, oh, should I really unfollow her? Because I feel like this is just wrong of me to be doing this. And, like, I should not be psychoanalyzing this just one person. That means literally nothing to me. Hundreds of thousands of people know who she is. So what's your question? Like, what do I do about it? (laughs) Like, is it weird to have these weird, like... Why do people follow people that they don't like on purpose?
2: It's the same reason why people stop to watch a train wreck or a car mm, wreck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But here, you know, the reality of it is this. And listen, I'm just a gal who lives in Brooklyn.
0: So should I get away from it? Like, I just don't know.
2: Well, so I want you to just consider what it makes you feel like to watch her crazy. Because sometimes, and I don't know, I'm not a therapist. Oh, sure. I'm not a psychoanalyst. I'm just telling you some stuff that has come up for me. Sometimes we watch other people that do ridiculous shit because it makes us feel more normal. Mm-hmm. It makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves knowing that people like that exist in the world. <laughs> and it makes us feel a little bit more like, oh, I got my shit together because homegirl is real I'm crazy. Good right? So you just have to identify that for yourself. With that said, I follow the Fat Jewish. I follow a lot of these ridiculous Instagram accounts, and I think they're just really funny. So decide what that means to you. Maybe it's just good fun. Maybe, you know, it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. I don't know. Okay.
0: Yeah, I have no answer. (laughs) No, it makes me feel a little better because I was like, am I... Because I'm not like commenting or bullying her or like whatever. It's all internalized. She has no idea. And like, she'll never know. And that's fine. But I am I have been so conflicted over this over the last couple of weeks. And I know that sounds totally goofy, but I think we can eat ourselves up with these bad, well, what we perceive as bad habits. Mm -hmm. Perception is everything. So guilty pleasures, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A tangible thing. Because I don't. I don't watch The Bachelor or know who this not person is, judging. but there are people, <laughs> not that we're judging. I just don't do that. But there are people who I'm friends with on Facebook that I don't really know. Like I, th- you know, that they, they just come through the friend request, come through, we have a mutual connection. We've talked at one point. And then as a, as a human being, instead of, of a business per- person, I start to see their post, right? Their feed right. and their And I don't jive with that, like that they're not my people's. And so what I found, I actually did this cleanse last week. I found that when I would see certain people's post on Facebook, their personal side, I would just be like, oh, like, I don't like that yep. you do that. I don't like that you're that type of person. So I literally just hid them. We're still yep. friends. Like it keeps that relationship, but I just don't, I don't want to see that shit. Cause I realize if I'm spending even 30 seconds every day feeling that like, oh, what's wrong with that person? Or I don't support their beliefs or I don't agree with that. I don't need that shit in my day. Like I'm just going to cut it. So I think you have to ask yourself, like, is it serving an entertaining purpose? And like, is it just all in good fun? Or is it like making you kind of in a weird head space yeah. and then maybe, you know, cut that. But that's
2: my two cents. I'm going to say if you're asking this question live on a podcast, your own podcast, it's probably putting you into a weird place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I think you're probably right. <laughs> so I do want to talk a little bit about cleansing because I feel like, okay, so relationships. There's some people we hold on to because they fill us up. And there's some people we hold on to, and we literally can't name one good reason why we're still talking to them. So talk to me about like, what's the appropriate way to, I mean, obviously, we're here to support other people and blah, blah, blah. But like, how do we make conscious decisions about who to stay friends with and who to pour time and energy to?
2: Mm-hmm. I think like with anything we do, it's it comes back to con- kind of you guys are going to hate hearing consciousness by the time this episode is over, but it comes back down to consciously who do you want to be in the company of, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. remember, all of your friends are not going to be your really, really good friends. So if you were to list your A-list friends, you know, well, list your A-list friends. Like these are the ones that I always want to make time for that the second they call, I'm going to pick up if I'm able or I'm going to call them right back. List your A-list friends. And I hate to say B-list friends. And then your C-list friends, right? Those are the periphery. (laughs) Think about, how and why you want those B list people, I hate to say that, and please don't take that negatively, but it is what it is. Why and how you want them in your life? Why, why aren't you willing to just cut them out? And if the question then becomes, well, how do I go about doing that? Because we share mutual friends. I think a stop being a baby, like be a grown ass woman, put on your big girl (laughs) pants and say, you know what, this is not serving me Mm -hmm. anymore. You don't have to write a long drawn out letter to them explaining it. Chances are if they are in that B list or that bucket, they're probably not emailing you every day either. They're probably not stopping by every day Mm -hmm. either. So it may just be a mutual favor right? You don't have to have those pers- those people in your lives if they're not serving you. I have people like that, right? And there are folks that I've had to cut out mm-hmm. because I thought about it. and I'm like, they're not actually our friends. They're not, they're not our friends. They may have been at one point, but today they're not our friends. And I haven't made a, you know, a big deal out of it. I haven't sent them a letter or a card explaining it because I don't need to do that.
1: I'm breaking up with you.
2: Yeah, we don't. And I think sometimes that's the route that people go and it makes it unnecessarily dramatic. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Most people aren't going to notice. I
0: can't remember who did it. I can't remember who did it, but someone, a girl in high school, did send me a breakup letter about. She broke up with you? Yeah. Oh, actually, I do know. Who you it don't is. need to name her on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to, but I, that was the, in case you're wondering if that's appropriate, it was the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I have ever received in my entire it's life. It's awkward for everyone. And you said a really important keyword there,
2: and that was high school
1: yeah we are yeah. Ass women. We do
2: not need to do that it's uncomfortable for the person you're sending it to to receive it and it's uncomfortable for you to have to write it
0: so just yep. don't, Dude, don't tell just it. don't
2: like the it, in my specific cases where i've had that happen i've realized that in my head i was building it up to be this big important friendship yeah. that i was going to have to cut out in reality when i just stopped putting them on emails and things it was fine they didn't reach yes. out. I didn't reach out. I hid them on Facebook. I don't think they've noticed. I've unfriended them on Instagram. I don't think they notice and or care. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's usually much bigger in our heads than it is to the other person. If you even have to question it, how close are you of friends?
1: Yep, yep. So, what other steps
2: do you have for us? I have four, and that was them. This that sort was of brought okay. all of that up, which is do your best to not be an asshole. In general, whatever that means to you, what that means to me is not gonna mean what it means to you, but you know what that means. You know what triggers, what what feels triggered when I say
1: that. So tap into it. What is it? Don't do it. Don't don't do that bullshit. Don't do that thing. Okay. I wanna kinda talk about I think earlier on in the conversation, the tone of it was was maybe geared towards specific women, specific behaviors that those type of people make. Yeah. I wanna talk about when we do that with brands mm-hmm. and when we do that with other movements mm-hmm. and when we do that with the, like the personality of a brand and, and cause what I see happen a lot, specifically in our, in our community or people who are coming in or whatever, we say words like babe and girl uh-huh. and shit and like, you know, all Fuck. of the things and it it's not everyone's cup of tea right. and I'm not trying to be like, that is not the bucket I've ever tried to put myself into, but talk to me about the process of when, when people feel like they cannot even like have those type of people in their inner circle because of their branding and their messaging and that personality. And they fiercely judge those branding decisions that they make. I, I get that it's their own bullshit, but like give me a tangible to like
2: example, give me an example.
1: Yeah. 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 So talking about, Connecting with your audience and, and I was giving feedback from, for someone about, I feel like your, your branding is, is just missing that piece to, to connect with your dreamies. Like, where's the personality? Where is your, your version of humor or your personality or your whatever? And so I gave us a, a specific example of another brand not saying the Mm -hmm. sense of you should copy that brand or be that brand, but like this person, you know, brought out like a unicorn emoji on their Facebook ad and it was so funny and it's like very on brand and it was hilarious. And then it turned into this conversation of like, well, unicorns are childish and my my brand Mm -hmm. would never be like that. So it's this judgy, like I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I'm... Yeah, I don't know either. So what's your question about it? Like, what what are you... My my question is, I get how we can kind of reframe and decide specifically of different humans, different women humans of like, not my cup of tea, totally fine. But when we're in this space of looking at other people's brands, especially in the creative community, of where does that... Do we also make those same decisions of I don't want to buy from that brand, support that brand, or be a part yeah. of that brand because I don't support their branding decisions
2: well, so often like it's not necessarily all that distinct and different, except that you're not talking about a person
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? You're talking about a brand, and obviously there's a person behind the brand, but you have to decide for yourself it's it's in a lot of ways it's common sense if I don't like what a brand stands for via the language they use or the imagery they have, I'm not going to buy anything from them. And I don't think you should either. The only time that that, is, that, that can run into trouble is when you find the need to badmouth that brand to other people. If it doesn't serve yeah. you, then don't, yeah. don't buy from them. There are lots of folks that don't necessa- are not Cindy fans. That's okay. They're never going to join the collective. They're never going to join the community. They're never going to mm-hmm. buy anything I'm selling. They're never going to want to be in one of my talks. My language is not connecting for them. That's mm-hmm. Okay. The only time it's an issue is if they decide to go to all of their friends or post in Facebook. That Cindy's got a nasty mouth. Nobody should talk to her.
1: I don't know who <laughs> would say that. But
2: but you know what I mean? Like it's not it's a non-issue to sure. me. To me, it
0: doesn't sound like one. Sure. So before we jump into talk strategy, I want to go back a little bit and talk more about tall poppy syndrome. So you you mm. mentioned mm-hmm. it briefly, but I feel like I've literally never heard the term until today. So I I want to dive more into what that means and what it means for, for women in general. Yeah.
2: So the tall poppy syndrome is actually not a term. It's, it's not something I made up to be clear. It's not a term we use in this country. Like a lot of really uncomfortable things in, in the English language, we don't always have words for them or terminology mm-hmm. for them. This is something that's been talked about a lot more in Australia. And honestly, I didn't even know there was a term for it until I was talking to my own coach. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's this thing. It's the behavior that women had. And she's like, oh, yeah, the tall poppy syndrome
1: you're like, what? (laughs) Mind-blowing,
2: right? Um, But it's not something we talk about here. And it's really this idea. And again, you know, I'll go back to what I said before about uh, releasing some of the shame because it's not our fault. We oftentimes view strong, authoritative women as bitchy, right? Again, because Mm -hmm. if you look at how we were socialized as kids, women are expected to behave a certain way. We're expected to close our legs and be ladylike or, you know, Mm -hmm. don't talk so loudly or all of these things that we're told that we are raised into, those ideas really lead to this unconscious bias that we have towards other women. That unconscious bias leads to us not, women, not wanting to see women who are viewed as authoritative sometimes or loud or obnoxious. We don't want to see them thrive because somewhere in the back of our head, that's not really right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's either not right, envy creeps in, jealousy creeps in, whatever it is that creeps in, something inside of us wants us to cut those women down. And by tall poppy, apparently when tall poppies grow in a field, the ones that grow tallest, when they're not even with the rest of the other poppies, they get cut down. By poppies, I mean a flower. They get cut down. But so that's really this tall poppy syndrome is when women get too high in position, oftentimes other women want to chop them down. Right? And I don't know about you gals, but I can say that I have personally been in that position. And it's not just about their success. It could be... Uh, who they are in their community. It could be the following that they have. It could be the way that they look, you know? But for, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, when jealousy and envy creeps in, we want to chop them down. We do not want to see these women thrive. And it's something I have on my Instagram. It says, you know, hashtag fuck tall poppy, which by the way, I haven't actually used the hashtag yet, but I'm going to start. <laughs> but it's really for me important that we at least bring this terminology up and that I'm talking yeah. about it so that we can acknowledge that it's real. Yeah. You know, it's not bullshit when you think that person doesn't want to see you succeed, or when you don't want to see that person succeed. So mm-hmm. Abby, did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, I think you did. And so now let's go into talk strategy to me. And I, let's go back for a minute. I know we talked about the four R's and the four steps. Yeah, Let's really quickly recap them to give people some tangible action steps. Yeah.
2: So the first thing is recognize your thoughts and feelings, right? So those feelings that we feel, whatever they are, allow yourself to feel them. Because issue number one is when you don't allow yourself to feel it because you feel ashamed of it. At least acknowledge that, right? Acknowledge that those feelings are not, 99% of the times are not about the other person. Okay. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. That's recognize what is. Number two is redirect those feelings, those fears, those insecurities, those judgment, redirect them to a place of empathy. And as hippie woo as it sounds to a place of grace, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is not about that other person. So it's about taking responsibility for our own thoughts and feelings and not judging ourselves by it. You know, Just acknowledge what is and say, this isn't even about them. This is about me. And instead of being an asshole right now, I'm going to replace that feeling of wanting to judge them with empathy, with grace. Yep. I know it's hard, it's hard but mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, but one of the things I like to do most is giving gifts or being, one of the things I like to do most is being nice to people. But I find, <laughs> I find that sometimes on the subway when I'm in a really bad mood, I compliment another woman. I know that mm. sounds cheesy, but the look on her face when she is kind of startled into somebody saying something nice makes me feel a million times better. And I find that it's the same thing with redirecting, right? Recognizing your thought and redirecting it into something positive, you instantly feel better about it. It doesn't feel good to be an asshole. It doesn't feel good to dislike somebody when they have no reason for you to dislike them. It feels bad Mm -hmm. to us. So if we can redirect it, it really helps everybody. The third step is really about reaching out and building a conscious community. Now, this is so powerful because, again, the more we feel people are separate from us, the easier it is to judge them, right? And and sometimes that happens. We don't have communities that are very diverse, right? It's, it's, that's Mm -hmm. a whole other issue, but we can certainly start to judge people like that. People that are that color or that gender or that this, or we can do that when we're not surrounding ourselves with them. Because then we've created a space yeah. where they're really separate from us. The more you can bring all of that in, or as Brene Brown says, you know, people are hard to hate close up. The more you can bring people that are dissimilar to you into your world and try to get to know them, the less likely it is that you are going to judge. Okay, so that's really about that reaching out and that's building conscious community. And I don't wanna hear this shit about, well, there's only this kind of person that lives near me. The internet's a beautiful thing, find more. And then finally, Mm -hmm. it's about reflecting and reflecting on your why, because when you can really recall often what makes you tick and what makes you happy, you realize that all of this other stuff is not that important, you know, and you don't want to be that person unless somebody's mission is to be an asshole in life. No No woman wants to be an asshole to another woman. No woman doesn't want to support another woman when consciously giving the opportunity to do otherwise.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, why don't you tell everybody what you have going on right now? A little bit about the collective of us and where they can hang out with you online.
2: Because I feel like Abby's looking at me like she's got something really important to say.
1: No. <laughs> I'm just like absorbing <laughs>
0: and thinking and like
1: in. analyzing everything I ever have done ever. Yeah, there's a lot of like inner thinkings right. when we when we chat with you. I like, feel like that happen. Of like, oh wait,
0: why do I do the things I, that I, I, I do right now
2: on Instagram? That woman, I don't know why I followed her. <laughs> Abby, you got her sister. So
0: thank you for asking about
2: that. I actually started a new community called The Community of Us for exactly that last reason. And it's building conscious community. One of the things I found with 2017 is it was a rough year for a lot of us. And what I found was happening is that people were unfollowing their own friends on social media because they didn't want to have a conversation about their beliefs, right? You post something, I don't even want to go down that road with you. So rather than listening to you, I'm going to unfollow you. Right. And this was happening more and more. And I feel like it was triggering people to make really explosive comments and shit on social media that were assholy and hurtful in an effort to not listen to people who thought differently. And so when, as 2017 was coming to a close, I thought, how can I be part of something bigger? How can I be part of the change, right? Of not shutting people out who think differently slash voted for Trump. But how can I be part of bringing those people together to have a conversation? Because again, you know, if people are hard to hate close up, maybe they had a reason for making that choice. I'm not saying you have to like them or you don't, but you do owe it to yourself to listen to them. And so I found that with so many difficult conversations, our response is to shut people out. And I Mm -hmm. thought the thing that I am really, really good at is bringing a diverse audience together, meaning I have a very Mm -hmm. diverse following um, and community. And with that is power, because it's power to bring these women together to have difficult conversations with folks that are not like themselves, to really Mm -hmm. courageously be able to create change in their own lives and the lives of other people around them. So each month over the course of a year, we are digging into very um, powerful conversations, everything from race and implicit bias to balance and boundaries to feminism and sex. So every month, there's a theme, we have two calls, we get into it, I prompt with questions. And these groups of women Get broken up into smaller groups and they talk about intimate topics, intimate not just sex, but things that have been very difficult mm-hmm. and done in, in a way that is open, hearted, you know. And when you can create that space for somebody, you walk away from these calls feeling like holy shit. You rethink the way you've lived your mm-hmm. life up until this point, but that's not the most important part. The most powerful part is when you walk away from one of these conversations and you think, oh, now I understand. And you know what? I don't want to raise my children Mm -hmm. to feel this way because you've consciously Mm -hmm. built that into your day-to-day and you are creating change by being a part of those conversations. So that was a long-winded way of saying, join the community of us.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Where can they find more information about that and hang out with you online?
2: Yeah. So they can find me at Cindy Spiegel on Instagram and at www. Do people even say that anymore? I don't
1: think so. No, but I'm
2: 40 and I feel like that just really... manifested itself online. <laughs> Just go to thecommunityofus.com and you can join us. It's monthly membership and you can opt out whenever you want to. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you. This was a real treat, you guys. Thank you for having me and letting me talk about this very, very important topic. Awesome. Anytime.
1: Thank
0: you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership